produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers Three. Derek, not Eric. Sorry, carry over from Mighty Marvel Geeks this week. <laughs> and Ken, not Ken. No, Ken. That worked. And, and myself, Izzy Iskowitz. I mean, Mike. How are you guys doing? All right. A little on the tired side this week. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I. Oh guys, I'm yawning now. It has been a long week, and it's not just from crap going on here at the house as well. But that's not for the show. It might be for a new podcast that I start called Mike Vince Hard. <laughs> um, anyway, first thing first, check out the website, wookieradio.net. Uh, find us on social media at Wookie Radio uh, on all formats. But at wookieradio.net, check out our affiliates down the side. Um, I got a new link, new link coming for the store, so you get your Wookie Radio baseball jersey, hockey jersey, sweatshirts, tanks, tees, and hats. That's all coming back soon. Um, our store for me, that they are changing over everything over to a new server or new link so uh it's coming soon very soon um so there uh email us at wookie at wookie radio.net um so yeah other than that how you guys been besides tired mm. well i finally got my water back so that's good yay mm-hmm. and of course as they hear this on sorcerer radio you got your water back oh and then, yeah <laughs> and then the next episode you have no water so <laughs> Uh, as you hear this on here, Derek mentioned this on Sorcerer Radio. Mighty Marvel Geeks was recorded first, but it's playing second. So, um, so yeah. Um, what about you, Ken? I know you guys have been busy with art show with Vicky and yeah, we had an art show tonight, and we're and we're ramping up everything for Con on the Cob next weekend. So I've not had time to do anything. <laughs> awesome. Been a whole lot of just getting everything together, but it's coming together. We're cool. making trophies for a cosplay competition. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. Cool. Well, um. In all this, you guys see Hightower last week? The latest episode from yep. Resistance? Yep. I wanted to. I didn't get a chance yet. Okay, well, I'll probably wait till Monday night and watch them both. Sorry to spoil, Ken, but... That's fine. Everybody died. Yeah. Really? Awesome. Yeah. I knew it. Cool. <laughs> yep. Um, I had the story in the story, or I had the first article, and it disappeared. Go figure, sure. right? Uh, this is Fun Facts. Um, okay. First off, um, Hightower's kind of interesting. It, it, it's kind of where we actually see Kaz get to be a spy slightly. Mm. Um, with with Kaz, you know, he's looking for the first order, you know, signs of the first order. <clears throat> and it, it's talked about how uh, the Colossus is going on essentially blackouts. So they're running out of fuel, running out of power in the reserve. But the high tower is constantly lit where, where the lounges for the aces and 
and of course where um, Tor's room is located, uh, etc. And um, sorry, I'm trying to go through memory. So is it Tam? Oh, I'm trying to remember characters. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I cannot remember. They got a picture of her and they don't they don't list her name. Um, Phazon and we come to find out Phazon and, and Tam. Why, why am I not finding her name in this list? Any of this? Yes, Tam. I was right. I shouldn't second guess myself on this. Um, mm-hmm. Phazon and Tam apparently were friends beforehand, uh, before he became an ace. Uh, and then we discover in this that uh, Phazon still kind of considers her a friend by the end of the episode. Um, but he invites them to the Ace's Lounge and brings Kaz along <clears throat> to go to go check it out. And then Kaz kind of leaves to go do some spying. Um, but I think beforehand, yeah, the important thing beforehand is we're introduced to the fact that Kaz and Nico have comlinks, Stormtrooper-based comlinks. And they come to find out the closer you get to each other with them, nice little feedback loop that's created if they're both on at the same time. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, and this plays a factor later because Taz puts, or Kaz puts one on a tray, serving tray, of a server droid who goes in when um, when Von Reg meets with, uh, with Doza. And this is the first time we see Doza in person. And they talk about, because now it's being reported that, you know, Doza is uh, working for the First Order, whereas they're coming, First Order's coming in kind of to bribe, to be be muscle, to protect them against, you know, that insurance policy, protect them against um, against pirates. And Doza threatens to report them to the New Republic, and then um, Von Reg report says, well, if that's the case, then I'll report you to the uh, New Republic for what you're doing here on the on the ship, or on the Colossus. So they kind of come at a standstill and kind of do their thing. Um, but as as Kaz gets caught, because, you know, remember I mentioned the comlinks getting too close together, they cause feedback loop. Well, as the stormtroopers are going away, or the or the First Order trio is going away, the loop, that feedback loop started because the server droid comes out, and the comlinks are too close together, and they're both on, and not good. Not with one <laughs> transmitting and one receiving in receive mode. So, yeah, it was not a pleasant sound, pleasant sight. It starts a whole, it starts a whole great thing of a chase sequence between Kaz and Stormtroopers. And it, all of a sudden we see him on the outside of the high tower and Aunt Z starts a betting pool on Is he going <laughs> to end up in the water? Which was kind of cool. And, and he makes it parkour and all and survival. And then BB-8 brings him in and he ends up in Tora's room. And I actually know it's because of going into Tora's room first that he, he ends up on the outside of the high tower. And then when it's explained, um, Tora says, well, no, he's a friend of mine coming up to see me and he got lost and yada, yada, yada. So she kind of covered for him. Um, it was pretty cool, but we do see Tora's room for the first time. And some of the, some of the bucket list, bucket list stuff that we get in, um, you know, of course, bucket, the new astromech that we, we see in resistance, uh, they're doing this bucket list, nine fun facts that we, we have from the high tower. And it's sort of like some Easter eggs as well. Um, first up is Aunt Z's ink. Um, Aunt Z's upper left arm bears a tattoo with crossed cooking implements, a spatula, and a knife mm. underneath a space waffle. <laughs> So beware of that new biker gang, the aunts of the space waffle. <laughs> it's I a, mean, why would a space waffle? It's a, it's a, it's a swoop bike. Sure. Uh, number hey, two. Captain Infant's Nest um, group, the Cloud Riders. 
true. Um, number two, they say, is the traveling, this is from StarWars.com, the traveling monkey lizard exhibition. Uh, among the artifacts and oddities hanging around Aunt Z's tavern is a wing panel with clone eras art of the Krum bomber, a gunship mm. seen in Star Wars The Clone Wars by Obi-Wan's forces and in old Joe's pit shop on Lethal in Star Wars Rebels. So figure there's that, that piece has traveled around quite a bit to finally get to the Colossus. Um, and of course, we've talked about this before. Uh, Aunt Z has a shelf of pilots' helmets from all across the decades, including a Mandalorian, Imperial, Clone, and Rebel pilot. Ah, yes. Um, then as, as Tam, or as, as Cast is down with uh, Tam and Nico, Kaz orders a Cerulean Sour Paste, which is a new drink to the Star Wars canon. Um, and then the Logo Saga. Nearly all of the logos on Hype's ship, racing outfit, and droid can be found in episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, the 79's Cantina logo comes from Star Wars The Clone Wars episode Orders, The Power Sliders, and Admiral Snack Bar. Um, <laughs> actually, wait. Yes. Uh, the 79's Cantina logo comes from The Clone Wars episode Orders. Uh, is, that, is that from the Lost Missions? I think I it is. Um, I'm not sure. Now, the, pow- the Power Sliders and Admiral Snack Bar logos were first seen on the planet Abafar in The Clone Wars droid arc and several of the others can be found in background advertisements between uh, throughout the the two series so um the logos or wait we already covered the logo side now dressed for the job you've earned von reg's helmet design is based on the first order tie fighter pilot helmets with a nod to both clone trooper pilot helmets and the imperial royal guards his character was originally described mm, as we have said it here and was one of the first shows to mention it was originally described as the red baron of the first order isn't it funny how this kind of after we talked about it on smugglers alliance our our second smugglers alliance episode that now it comes to fruition here but then again floney has talked about the world war one world war two reference um hence his final color choice which is inspired by the famed red baron of world war one his armor's unique designs and color reinforce the idea that his ability as a pilot has earned him a rank higher than any scene before. Um, this um, confirms that it's not Cardinal. True. Oh, yeah. Uh, and going back to orders, that was actually from the Lost Missions. It was the fourth episode of the sixth season. Okay, so it's still within the, the whole Order 66 inhibitor chip that's planted. I believe so, yeah. Hang on. When, uh, yeah, is it Fives is still Fives is trying to escape, yeah. Um, now, Space is Limited. According to art director Amy Beth Christensen, the entire central section of the Colossus sports lighter colors and cleaner textures uh, than the rest of the base since this is where the Aces and Doza live. The hallways are polished and bright uh, in marked contrast to the dark and dirty corridors that we have previously seen. The control tower is the brightest and cleanest of all since this is Doza's own personal office and the center of operations. Uh, the fancy droids, the server droids that operate the, in the tower have a paint scheme that suggested that they are wearing tuxedos. <laughs> now, Tora's Easter egg extravaganza Things to spot in Tora's room. An Ewok doll. A (laughs) Ortolan doll with extra limbs. I don't remember that one. Um, I think I do remember the Ewok doll. Ewok doll was right there at the end of her bed. Yeah. Show a picture of it there. Um, A Kenton Strider doll. Kenton Striders are seen in the (coughs) Dejaric holochess. 
Uh, Star Star Rider. It's the glider thing, I believe. Yes, I think so. Um, a Bantha doll, a Tuka doll. Okay, there's the Tuka doll. I, I'm looking at the at the uh, basic or the the pink art just to get the shapes of everything. Um, a poster of, Sabri- of Sabine Wren art. A Bunta Eve Padres poster. Stormtrooper and Bush action figures in a T16 model. There's still more to come on on the side of the room not seen um, on camera. So uh, the video of Bucket's List has all this shown because um, there's also uh, a Ma- it looks like a Max Rebo doll. <laughs> um, so there's the Ewok, the T16 Skyhopper. I'm watching the video. There's a Boosh doll uh, and a lot more. So yeah, room was kind of full of Easter eggs. So it was kind of cool. Yeah, and, it's really cool. And that pretty much um, so this kind of tells us that Tora is a, is a, a geek in the Star Wars realm. <laughs> so kind of almost a nod to to the fans as she Plus, she is uh, one of you. She likes the collectibles. One of us. One, one of, of us. us. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, for the High Tower. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to see this one sometime this week. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, and it was actually one of the first that it still carried that um, Saturday morning vibe, mm. but didn't have the moral at the end type feel to it. Right. So, so it's gonna still gonna carry that Saturday morning cartoon feel, but not every episode is gonna have a moral to go with it. So, I think that's kind of cool in its own. Now I'm just waiting for them to actually bring out a. And now you know, and knowing half the battle, <laughs> and with the first order, it is half battle. The other half is lightsabers, red and blue. So and ropes. True. Um. So I guess let's go ahead and carry on to to other news of the week. Well, it's the video gaming news. Uh. And it seems that Sega is right now in the midst of some big plans for its Sega Ages program on Nintendo Switch. Uh, They're going to be releasing the classic game Fantasy Star uh, sometime this month, followed by Space Harrier, Virtua Racer, and other games. But the team is also considering Dreamcast and Sega Saturn games, and now it appears that some arcade favorites could possibly be on the way. Uh, in a recent interview with the team at Game Watch, uh, the team at M2, who have been handling the Sega Ages conversions, uh, noted that it's managed to get arcade boards up and running on the Switch, including the Naomi and the earlier Model 1 system. Uh, that's good news for the ports that could potentially come to the console. Although, there's one particular game that the tre- the that the team has in mind that they are dreaming of. And the Producers have confirmed that one of their dream projects is to bring Star Wars Arcade to the Switch. Uh, of course, they would obviously need authorization to do that. Right. That'd be so and, cool uh, when they do. Yeah. And they would like most likely have to deal with uh, EA, Electronic Arts, since EA has the rights to produce Star Wars games. And that could be an issue. At the moment. Yes. But uh, Star Wars Arcade, uh, not to be confused used with the Star Wars Trilogy Arcade, which is also a good game that maybe someday could come. Um, similar to um, Battle Pods. Battle Pods is almost basically an updated and more um, advanced version of the Star Wars Trilogy Arcade game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Star Wars Arcade game originally came out in arcades back in 1993. Uh, is that the Wireframe one? No. Like Battles no, no. See, I want to know. 
I want that one too. Yeah, that was that cool. one was early eighties. Yeah, um, I this played, one had I played some... it and I played Battlezone a lot. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This one had some excellent shooting scenarios based on the hit film. So it's kind of like an updated version of that in a way, with better graphics and everything. Yeah. Uh, the only home port of that game was released for the Sega 32X in 1994, and it did a serviceable job recreating the arcade versions graphics but the sound was horrible in fact uh admiral akbar sounded like he was coming down with a severe cold (laughs) it's a cold (laughs) it's so cold um that was weird um (laughs) so that that's their dream but there's a lot of stuff they have to deal with before that could come to fruition for the time being uh they're working on current projects like virtual racing that was announced earlier this season um, past that 2019 could bring things to the brand including potential Dreamcast and Saturn releases like Jet Set Radio and Nights into Dreams among others I know they've been doing it for a while but it is weird it's really weird here talking about Sega making games for the Nintendo system I yeah. know right <laughs> being a kid who grew up in the 80s and the 90s where Sega and Nintendo were basically like Xbox and Playstation now yep. yeah and now the only, only- stuff is on Nintendo. I know, right? Um, and that right now, there's other things to look forward to, including Space Harrier, uh, Space Harrier, Gain Ground, and the others that I previously mentioned. Ooh, and then uh, there's Sonic the Hedgehog and Thunder Force 4 that are available. See, it, this is almost worth considering picking up for the Switch, this bundle, as opposed to the uh, PlayStation Classic, which has got games on it that a lot of, majority of the games are games that people have never heard of. That's not true. Okay, so the original PlayStation, there wasn't the whole lot that um, made it past. If they did, there was like Tomb Raider or some of those ones that are huge still. Yeah, there's, well, there were some big, there's some big yeah. PS1 games on there. I gotta look at the list. Yeah, I still what, want to get those NES classics. I know, right? Those were worth it or are worth it. Mm. So, um, what else? Would, what else? Would, sorry, can I overstep? Uh, no, you're fine. That, but that does bring us in the realm of a little more modern games with Battlefront 2. Now, we talked about on here a couple weeks ago, I think, they, um, how Battlefront 2 is bringing in, starting to bring in Clone Wars content, and, and uh, they've had a lot, some of the voice actors from the Clone Wars actually go back into the studio to record dialogue. Like, Grievous is already out on the game now. Right. But um, it looks like some in, intrepid young uh, computer hacker slash game, wait, just gamers, <laughs> have done some digging and found some possibilities that we may be actually getting some of the ladies of the Clone Wars coming soon. Now, on the Reddit page for EA Dice, they actually put out that, um, hey, everyone, as you know, we are due to release a new version of the roadmap at the end of this month. That's This is the roadmap to, of actually where they're going with Battlefront at the moment. Um, it's Yeah, the EA Dice provided a quick update on what's to be expected from Battlefront 2 past the recently revealed roadmap, which, um, which shows a number of characters, including the recent debut of Grievous and new items coming to the game. Now, they're, on Reddit, they put down that um, we are due to release a new version of that of the roadmap at the end of this month. Unfortunately, as we are still planning out our second year of content, we will not be able to do to have the have one this month. We know that many of you have had questions about this topic, and we're excited to confirm that content will continue to be released for Battlefront 2 
into 2019. As always, we thank you for your continued patience, support, feedback, and enthusiasm for Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, um, it looks like a couple of users that have um, done some searching, and they found that uh, the Clone Wars favorites Ahsoka and Padme may actually be part of that new roadmap. Mm -hmm. The first evidence comes from Danger Cat on Twitter, where he finds um, interaction codes with General Grievous, and it is here as, um, I think it's safe to say Padme and Ahsoka are Grievous has 42 interaction lines with Padme and 44 with Ahsoka. So this is, um, looking in the game code, how many different um, lines he has that direct at a Padme character and how many direct at Ahsoka. So, I mean, if Ahsoka and Padme are uh, non-player characters, this could work, but more than likely he, it's his reactions to those characters being played by other players. And I believe uh, most of these inter- types of interactions you're going to get in what's known as the heroes versus villains mode, which is usually a four or five, on five four or four or five on five where one team plays heroes, one team plays villains in a certain arena. So say mm-hmm. you're on door, it'd be all characters from Return of the Jedi, or right. they'd be trilogy characters. If you have that's a, cool. That's on Naboo, it'll be all Clone Wars or uh, prequel trilogy characters. So um, I've played a couple of those. They are fun, but they do mix them up too. I think we played, I forget where we were playing, but um, the Dark Side characters, you had a choice of uh, both Vader, Darth Maul, the Emperor, um, I didn't, um, the new character for this game, and like two other ones. Bosk was one. So they got a good mix of different characters that are in there, but it looks like guys like Grievous and stuff will be added to this. Now, um, we know that EA right now does not have a Battlefront game planned for 2019, but um, it looks like they're actually leaning on for next year, uh, Visceral Games upcoming Jedi Fallen Order as their big Star Wars release for the year. Oh, but it, right. Yeah. They could have updates planned through all of next year to introduce new characters, features, modes, and more into Battlefront 2 to keep the game going and keep it fresh so people are still trying to play it and want to buy the game. Now, um, the details haven't been confirmed yet, but considering that the company is taking some extra effort in putting together this latest roadmap, it's not a surprise, or it won't be a surprise if they have something big planned, which bringing in Padme and Ahsoka would be pretty big. Right. Oh, yeah. I also would not be surprised if they brought in, um, or if they were adding more content to the uh, um, standalone missions also. Because right now, you had the original standalone mission that came with the game. They've already got one update to that that I have on mine. So, you may have more standalone story mode updates coming also. I don't know, but we'll find out. But anybody else who wants to try, remember, it is Battlefront 2 is actually out on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. And if you watch, I know PlayStation and Xbox run sales on stuff like this all the time. I got it in Battlefront 2 for like 10 bucks on Xbox about a month ago. Good deal. So just keep an eye on your store and your Xbox or uh, your Microsoft store or over on Steam probably. It'd be the easiest way on PC. And you'll probably pick it up for a pretty good price. And it's not the greatest first-person shooter type game out there, but it is a blast. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to just some of the scenarios of battles that you can just see fighting back and forth are amazing. Mm, okay. So from here, I think we need to move more into the uh, movie realm, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to go back and talk a little Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, of course, everyone's been, as we know, everyone's harped on it. Um, as we've talked about, we loved the film. For me, as much as I love the film, I could be the, that's the film I could be the most critical of. I'm more critical of it than I am the prequels. Um, not because I ha- I was expecting things that we didn't get. It's more, I thought there was stuff that was in the film that really didn't help push the story along that much. And there was a few decisions made that kind of hurt um, the credibility of some characters, in, in my opinion. But overall, I mean, the movie was great. 
more than the prequels. Me, yeah, I find myself critiquing Last Jedi. Some of the some of the elements of Last Jedi more than than uh, Revenge of the Sith or even Phantom Menace. See, I just came to a really realization recently with Last Jedi that um, really, if you look at it, between the Last Jedi and the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi feels more like a Lucas style movie. Mm. It's when a totally different than anybody expected, and you got really deep into more of exploring what is the Force and all these other things that are going on. It wasn't basically just giving us more of what we've seen. And that's what right. the they went a lot deeper into what is the Force? What do the Jedi do? Well, how does the political world around it work? All of that. It was deeper dive into the world of Star Wars and not just what are our main characters doing. Right. That's what this movie did, really, because, I mean, it advanced our regular our regular characters, but you got a lot more of the world and the galaxy around them also. Yeah. I mean, there's still some things that I'm like, eh. Like, most of Canto Bite wasn't necessary. All of Canto Bite was not necessary. Uh, well, there are some elements in Canto Bite, like knowing about the slave children, and especially when it plays at the end that uh, we got a couple Force-sensitive kids in that group. Well, see, that doesn't matter unless they actually continue that in the next movie. We don't know what it, JJ's going to do. Which I'm hoping. But even if it even if it doesn't, it still gives you hope, okay, there's still Force-sensitive people who could potentially be Jedis later down the road. So or it's something different. Yeah. I'd say that's future always Sith. been a part of it, really. Yeah. No, I don't, no, I don't mean future, I don't mean future Sith or Jedi. I mean something completely new a whole new group new organization right maybe more balanced yeah no light side or dark side more you know yeah. in you more screen, gray even what we've seen on screen and on the tv screen jedi and sith is not all we have we've seen right sith yeah and all kinds of other things that are not jedi and not sith look at bendu bendu right. is not neither jedi nor sith right so it's like we know that the force the force flows through the entire galaxy yeah so it, that wasn't a big surprise but it was just cool to see the way they did it here true now see, for me for me the prequels i can find so much more i have so many more issues with the prequels than i could ever have with last jedi see like i like we talked about before, Attack of the Clones is probably my favorite of the of the prequels because to me, Revenge of the Sith had too much love story. I understand Attack of the Clones is more of the love story, yeah, but it seemed more balanced. Yeah. But it seemed more balanced. Mm, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. Yeah, I I, I felt there there was a more balance of the love story and everything else. I mean, the actual yes, there's the undertones on Geonosis with um, Anakin and. Amidala. But, and, and we had the whole sequence on Naboo, but we also had uh, Camino. We had everything with Coruscant. We had everything with Geonosis as a whole. I think the love story, while very uh, predominant in, in the forefront, still kind of took a backstage to, to very large chunks of the film. Whereas in Revenge of the Sith, a lot of the stuff in the apartment, in the dream sequence and everything else, wasn't necessary. I, to me, it hurt the film then more than it helped. You, you cut saying, you cut half of that, and I think Revenge of the Sith is a better film. Yeah, but if you cut that stuff, you don't see um, Anakin's fall to the dark side. Right. Well, no, that stuff you, show fell to the dark side because the whole you got to think in Revenge of the Sith, the whole time he's um, all of those scenes you're talking about is him and it's showing the internal conflict with him and trying to take control of the, everything to save um, Pat because they build up that love story and because right. of that love story, he wants to control the galaxy. And then, remember, the dark side is all about total control. Right, but but we see some of that as well when Anakin meets with Palpatine at the opera. With Anakin talking to, to Yoda at the temple on 
you know, the whole, you know, resurrecting the dead, et cetera, et cetera. I think, you know, having, you know, explaining that he's had nightmares, everything else, I didn't think it was all that necessary to have as many scenes between Padme and Anakin at their apartment as they did. Now, the stuff near the end of Padme and Obi-Wan and, and seeing the tem- Jedi Temple in flames in the background, that didn't bother me. It's just, there was what, four or six scenes of just the two of them in the apartment? I didn't even think it was that much. No. Yeah. I could, I know there was, I want to say there was at least four of just the two of them. But if you want to talk about stuff that's unnecessary, for me, the entire, um, the Phantom Menace, the entire movie was unnecessary for me. Yeah. I had no desire to see Darth Vader as a little kid. I still say that's one of my favorites of the, um, I mean, Revenge of the Sith, uh, that and Phantom Menace for me are almost even. I love this because the Phantom Menace was just fun. It was like what um, episode four was. It wasn't extremely serious yet. It didn't, the stakes weren't through the roof yet. And see, to me, I thought Attack of the Clones was very much like Empire Strikes Back. There was that strong love story between Han and Leia in Empire that we get between Padme and Anakin in Attack of the Clones. The difference being um, but, Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan are not the same when it comes to writing love stories. Lucas really, he has sure. a real time with dialogue. He should have had someone else write some of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but it was Kirshner that fixed it, though, in, in Empire. Whereas it was a little cheesy in, in Attack of the Clones. But I, to me, I felt the balance was about the same as it, it's there, it sticks out, but it, it's not the very obvious oh, slap in the face. Here it is. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's very prominent. You don't think so? Yeah. The whole, in the Attack whole, of the Clones, even the attack, the reason they went to Naboo was the love story, right? It, yeah. And that was, like I said, a lot of that I was fine with because we we knew it was coming that they were hooking up. It's I don't know, maybe it's because of seeing the the original Clone Wars micro series and that explaining a lot afterwards, and, and then a lot of the stuff that we see in the actual Clone Wars series even though a lot of people might not have seen that before seeing the films. It, it, it didn't bother. It's like a lot of the backstory we knew. If you were a true fan, you knew. I hate to say true fan. If you were a very um, up-to-date fan, you, you knew the backstories. So to me, it, it seemed like it was unnecessary for it to be repeated or, or brought out like it was. But I understand, too, there was a lot of people who didn't see the Clone Wars or know the backstory. So it had to be put out there. Well, the Clone Wars... What? The Clone Wars didn't exist when these movies were put. Now, yeah. the micros came out before episode three, but that, there wasn't enough in there to really show anything much. Yeah. Well, the micro, the micro series, well, like one of the things that drove me nuts with, with Revenge of the Sith is, oh, let's bring up the whole Anakin, I'm pregnant. Uh, well, hello. That's also brought up in the micro series, which was supposedly used like Animatrix to bridge the gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. So why are we repeating again? Yeah, because there were but, people who didn't see the micro series. There was right. a lot that have never heard of that micro series. Yeah. Lucasfilm animation didn't exist yet. Right. So the, the vast majority of the population had never even heard of that micro series. Right. So George Lucas was working off of straight up just, um, you have to put on the screen anything you want them to know right. because it, no one knows this. Right. Like And like I said, I understand there was a lot of people who didn't, but for a lot of the fans who were up to date, I mean, I knew all those were airing and what day they were airing on Cartoon Network. And then when they did 
did season two, I knew, oh, these are going to be five 12-minute episodes instead of 12 three-minute episodes. Um, so it, it made sense to me. Um, it's just because to me, though, because I already knew some of that because it was already said in the micro series, it, it just but irked me a little bit. Well, we already know this. And then I had to look back and go, okay, a lot of people don't know this. But this, but this is one of the cool things, though, is here we are talking about all this and, and we're not upset with each other about it. We're not saying, oh, you're wrong for liking this one better than that one and you're and the reason for it, you're totally wrong on. Nope, I'll wait to go on Twitter later with an anonymous hashtag, then I'll, t- then I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> okay. I'll make up three different, uh, or like no, six it's, it, uh, dummy accounts so that I can corroborate my own theory. It's it's your opinion of, you know, whatever you like. I just, personally, I feel it differently. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's voting. I mean, that's just the way it is. I, I, think, yeah. I think the one thing that the three of us do agree on, though, is nothing beats the original trilogy, because that's what we actually grew up with first. Well, no, actually, I prefer the holiday special. You would, ah, that's you a, would that's say that. That's a joke. That's I have a DVD. <laughs> uh, watch it here in weeks or so on Life Day. Actually, Life Day comes in, comes on um, a Saturday this year. Yeah. And just in case anybody doesn't know, Life Day is Jan- or November 17th. That is the day we're doing Zoe's birthday party. Cool. That is two weeks from now. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> don't remind me. I think I got to be wearing a Bigfoot costume that day. Well, I have no clue what I'm going to be wearing that day. Um, I know I'm going to be wearing clothes. But um, well, would... to, to get back on track with all this, um, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> we're talking about how The Last Jedi actually helped Disney earn back the price tag for buying Lucasfilm. Ah, see, I, what? I missed that. Where the tracks are where we were at? Uh, <laughs> okay. they, they were being derailed by Beckett and crew. <laughs> um, of course, we know L- Disney bought Lucasfilm for $4.05 billion. Billion dollars. Figure that. Figure that's two times the mega million jackpot from a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, allowing them to create no new movies, TV series, and merchandise. Um, now released just over five years after the purchase, The Last Jedi's box office brought Disney's brought the Disney-owned films cumulative total over that purchase amount. And everyone's going, but it's such a horrible film. Less than two weeks after The Last Jedi came. Out in theaters, the film zoomed past the $900 million mark worldwide, which combined with the box office earnings of Star Wars The Force Awakens and Rogue One put the three films' total box office over the Lucasfilm price tag. So three films, after the second week of the third film being released, earned more than $4.05 billion. It sounds about right. So so earn earn in, in five years earn their money back. That's not bad by Disney standards. That's not bad by any standards. No. Mm. Amount of cash. Question's going to be, are they going to get, are they going to get their 80 something billion dollars back qu- that quick after the Fox acquisition? Let's see what they do with the X-Men franchises first. Yeah. Um, mm. Now what's, wait a minute. What's the chances with the Fox acquisition that we'll actually get the Fox fanfare back in front of Empire and Jedi? I don't think we will. I don't think so either. Well, Empire and Jedi. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm, in front of those, probably, yeah. And I believe they're still there, even now. No, on the Blu-rays and on the digital, they don't have the um, the Fox fanfare. I have to check my Blu-rays. Just the um, A New Hope, because Fox still had the distribution rights for The New Hope. So does that mean the prequels don't have it either? No. God, I'd, I'd have, have to, to, I have to go I back could, and watch. That was, what, 
that was one of the big things about the Blu-ray release. Um, so yeah, the astronomical achievements of the Star Wars films have had a severe impact on what could be considered a success for the studio. Uh, even with Solo being considered by many to be a disappointment, it took in nearly $400 million worldwide. So um, by any other measure, Solo was a success, but in the realm of Star Wars, anything less than a Grand Slam home run is seen as a disappointment. So that film was held to a higher standard, but because of how the how well the films have done even bef- before Disney, you know, and that's because of how well the films had done before the Disney purchase. Uh, the accomplishments are sure to grow even further thanks in large part to Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy whose contract's been extended till 2021. Uh, next year we're going to see the conclusion of the Skywalker saga with episode 9 as well as the debut of The Mandalorian the first Star Wars live action TV show. So, uh, and we're supposed to get um, Clone Wars next year too I believe. Yes. Yep. For its final episode. So the question is what's well, been what's uh, been your fa- what's that? Did they confirm it as the final yes. episode? Yes. Or did they say it's just the next season? No, they have said it's the wrap of the okay. Clone Wars. Um, what's been your favorite project since the Disney project, or since the Disney purchase has happened? Now you got to go think. Because you got Rebels in this, you got Resistance, you've got four films. Of what's yeah. been done, what's been made? Of what's been made. I'm going to say media-wise, not book-wise, or comics. Because if, if we're going to go there, my answer is going to be completely different. But media-wise, uh, visual media-wise, what's been your mm. favorite project since the Disney purchase? That's what criteria you're going under, you know what I mean? Because I'm looking for just something to just put in in the background that's just a, a fun watch. You go to The Force Awakens. Okay. You went to King. You want to do some thinking. You watch, like, The Last Jedi. Um, Right now, I Solo might be one of my, my might be my favorite. Yeah, and, so and I, for me... See, and I'll take take it as Solo is your answer is your favorite project. As of right now, yeah. I hate doing favorites. Me too. For me, I kind of see it as a whole. I don't, I can't pick one of them because it's all, it's all Star Wars and it's all... Oh, I, I agree Stuff with that. I love. I agree with that. But if you had to say with everything put out and you had all of Rebels, a, a disc that's got all of Rebels on it, of course, the four films and a disc of everything resistance to date, what are you going to grab first off the table? You also put um, Clone Wars season six in there. That was put out after Disney bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was done before the Disney purchase. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't classify that as since the purchase. It was released, but it was already it was already in the works and being completed before the purchase because it was supposed to happen. That was the season that was supposed to air that didn't air. So, like I said, of the four films, Resistance and Rebels, if you were to grab a disc and put it in the player, and I'll I'll even just say at this point in time, not a month ago, not a year ago, but at this point in time, this weekend, what are you putting in first? Let's put it that way instead of saying favorites. What are you going to put in first? Well, what are you itching to watch first? Well, if it's going to be the first thing to watch, it'll be um, Phantom Menace, or not Phantom Menace, um, The Force Awakens. It starts the uh, marathon of just running all through it. Okay. Yeah. I think for me, I would go to Rogue One again. I just, and, and I know I'm the oldest of the three of us, but to me, that, to get that leading into A New Hope, which I hate calling it A New Hope, leading into Star Wars. That was the tale that we that I had always played out with with my figures back in the beginning is how did 
This is how Leia got the plans. And believe me, it was nothing like what was told in Rogue One. Totally nothing like it was in Rogue One. Well, but, sure, since you didn't have all those figures. Well, <laughs> and, and we didn't even know those characters and everything else existed, but nope. we knew there were spies. Yeah. We were told there were spies. But if, but that, you're talking about, if you're talking about picking something to watch, just like, you know, oh, it's, it's a, it's a bad, it's a rainy day out and, you know, you're just sitting around. So you want to watch something. I would probably go with Solo because it's the newest one and the one I you know the one I've had less see that would that would be my second one to go to it's because it's the one I've had less I've I've seen less times I guess you could say yeah I haven't had as much as much chance to to, to uh soak it in a few times what about you Ken All right, you you said Force Awakens yeah it'd either be the Force Awakens sorry yeah, it'd be either one Force Awakens or Solo both okay. well speaking of the episodes we got episode 9 coming up um Sort of like what we kind of did with that last story with our own course correction. I'll, I'll let Derek take over from here. Well, yes. Uh, and that was a horrible segue. <laughs> um, Gyro went out on that segue. Mm, yeah. Crash and burn. Um, to the mall fountain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it looks like uh, it looks like uh, there's Disney seeing episode nine as uh, kind of a course correction for Lucasfilm after Solo a Star Wars story uh, did so poorly at the box office. In fact, Variety just recently wrote a piece about J.J. Abrams, who is directing Episode 9, uh, and how he's looking for a hefty deal and a plan to develop a few multimedia projects for a studio. In the report, uh, Variety briefly discusses the filmmaker's work on the third and final chapter in Lucasfilm's Star Wars sequel trilogy, mentioning the film as a pivot in the studio's plans. Um, in fact, the, the publication wrote, Abrams is currently working on Star Wars Episode Nine, which has been billed as a course correction at Lucasfilm after spinoff films like Solo failed to meet the label's high commercial expectations. Um, this, so this is the first time that we hear of Episode Nine being mentioned as a course corrector. Uh, and even though it sounds alarming, fans should take note that the publication directly links Episode Nine to Solo, not to The Last Jedi. Uh, because while The Last Jedi may have had backlash from a group of vocal, well, it's a family show, so we'll go with fans, <laughs> in, quote, minority. in quotation marks, uh, against the film's subversion of fan expectations, the film has been nothing, nothing but a success for Lucasfilm. Not only did the sequel to The Force Awakens make it big at the box office, but it also earned so much love from so many film critics, many of whom considered the film one of the best in the Star Wars franchise. Um, besides, Abram already told fans that the backlash against The Last Jedi would not influence the creative decisions that he'd make in Episode 9, which is a good thing to hear. Instead, Episode 9 seems to be a course correct after the poor performance of Solo. Uh, even though the film wasn't necessarily hated by the fan base, the Han Solo standalone movie did very poorly at the box office, raking in a little over $390 million at the global box office. And there are many different theories and, and um, thoughts on why that is. And... And most likely, it's 
it's a combination of things instead of one specific thing that that uh, made it made it uh, do so poorly. Um, of course, you know things like uh, its competitive release date, uh, underwhelming marketed marketing compa- campaign, um, and things like that. So most likely, Lucasfilm has hopefully learned from this and is planning to take steps to avoid these issues with Episode Nine. Even though there's a typo here, and they they typed episode ten. <laughs> uh, so of course we'll find out when Star Wars Episode Nine hits cinema, cinemas on December twentieth, two thousand and nineteen, which will still give us plenty of time to build up uh, excitement and anticipation for the film. Yes, and a chance to kind of squash anything that comes out in the future. Mm. Yeah. Well, also, uh, the vocal minority. Yeah. I mean, gives a lot don't attack them, but just definitely disregard, you know, take the action of ignore what they have to say and just continue on with the positive talk yeah. or, or, also, or, or honest talk. Not this, oh, I'm not going to do this just because it didn't, I didn't get my way with the other films. Well, it also gives us time to, or give everybody time to actually see Solo and change their opinion. Right. There's a lot of people that decided to make an opinion, make their decision about Solo and never actually saw it to make that decision. Yeah. Mm. Not like us. We, keep, we love not, Solo. Yeah, it's not that Solo was a bad movie. It's that no one saw it. Right. Yeah. So, so um, I'll tell you something that you need to see. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm just going to say this is hot. Yes, it is Hot Toys. And this mm. is amazing. Hot Toys is getting ready to release. You can pre-order it right now. Actually, the, it's out now. Oh, it is out oh, now? Okay. Wait, I thought they said it's coming out November 2nd, which is as we're recording. But when yes. we were on the site earlier, it was still saying pre-order. So well, maybe the pre-order it, starts now. I don't know. All I know is it is the R2-D2 Deluxe Version Action figure oh and and, um this is based on the original d2 so it's got everything except for his um that's in his legs he didn't have those in the original trilogy right right but the what the main picture here has him with all the accessories in it but it is um now this like a lot of the previous r2d2 um action or figures from hot toys this has a remote control for sound effects and light up features um but they are way enhanced this time around uh the main big difference between this and the previous figures um, comes down to the original trilogy accessories that come with it. Now, there's various types of mechanical arms and tools. The Death Star data plans are in there. Like Luke Skywalker's hilts. Two That's awesome. Figures. Yeah. Um, and then here, this is actually the full list of everything that comes with this. Now, the figure itself is authentic and detailed likeness of R2-D2 from the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, meticulously crafted die-cast metal dome. So it looks like just the dome's die-cast uh, That's de- awesome. Well, we have greatly detailed mechanical construction with 10 points of articulation. <sighs> 10 points of articulation. That's, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Considering the Especially- Black Series three and, a qu- three and three quarter inch figures are only five, five points of articulation. Mm. I'm trying to think where's the other ones, unless it's the doors and stuff too. Uh, Might be. Yeah, it must be. Well, we have specials, which is all the dirt and stuff on him. Yes. A remote control LED light up function. It's eight sets of LED light-up points um, that are battery-operated. Awesome. 
Uh, remote-controlled sound effects feature featuring 14 different R2-D2 sounds. Awesome. And then uh, some of the other special features with this is one pair of articulated terra- um, terrain le- tread legs, one articulated and retractable center tread leg, one extending periscope, and it's about 18 centimeters tall. Wow. And all the accessories. You get 12 pieces of arms, including some of them are actually equipped with magnetic function. Mm. One light scanner, one computer terminal arm, two lockpick arms, one repair arm, two multifunction utility interface arms. Um, where are we get There. One pair of computer interface arms, one utility arm, a utility saw, one universal computer interface arm, one Death Star um, data card plans, the lightsaber hilt, uh, one LED light up small lamp with a cable, and it's <laughs> yellow and battery operated, so it's the charger from Dagobah. One of the Princess Leia standing um, pose at seven centimeters tall, and one of Princess Leia bending at five and a half centimeters tall. One light up base for hologram for the hologram figure, so you can put the hologram on the base and she starts she lights up. And awesome. one infrared remote control for R two D two sound effects and LED light up functions. Now, if when you want to order this, um, you can order it now because it comes out November second. And if you go over to Hot Toys, from it comes in at a mere two hundred and forty three dollars. That's not so bad. Yeah. So see, if you ten, look at toys, that's about the price of Hot Toys in general. Yeah. Right between one hundred and fifty and two hundred fifty dollars. And the ten centimeters converts to just over seven inches for the uh, non um, metric system users. Well, no, this is in our audience. So how much, how tall is eighteen centimeters? Just over seven inches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whereas, like the patrol trooper and all those are are close to twelve inches. So it should it should be in scale with those then. It should. It looks yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. Which which sounds about right. Seven inches to, to twelve inches. Yeah, it'd be about right. What's what's um what makes me laugh is every time I look at the, the one picture they have with everything, all the pieces on it, I keep thinking of what you said, Ken, where it looks like after he got electrocuted. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you get when all of his doors are open because this has all kinds of opening doors and stuff most of the panels on the front open if you go to Hot Toys and actually just flip through the pictures that are in here scroll through the pictures it is awesome looking yeah. some of the uh, they do oh this. yeah yeah. Uh, when they put everything in it looks like there's one on the dome there's at least two three opening panel or five opening panels on the dome then one's for the lightsaber hilt one for the periscope and some of the other ones the front door the two cross sections in the front that um, can pop open there's one two regular panels and then the two long panels also and then one other little door where the charger plugs in yeah so it's like they they put a lot into this little thing oh yeah it's amazing yeah. i mean i i will say for sure as i love kodobayuka but hot toys from sideshow is probably the way i would go if i went sideshow because mm. it's, it's still some great looking stuff with the hot toy sideshow um quality and whatnot that we know but i also it, it's more affordable and, and still has that, that higher quality look that, that we all love. I don't know about you, but $230 is not affordable to me if I want to stay married. Well, for, for this, no. for, for this <laughs> but with this type of stuff, yeah. I mean, Kotobayuka's R2 unit, I mean, it doesn't have, you know, it's R2 and C3PO, and it doesn't have nearly the amount of stuff and the LEDs with the remote control uh, feature and aspect to it. The two of them are almost half the price. Mm. So, I mean, to get that extra stuff, though, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And and 235 bucks with that much additional electronics with the LEDs and the remote and everything, which means you've got a, a receiver in that unit. 
it to to accept the signals from the from the remote. Uh, that's not a bad price. No, it's just something. As Ken said, we can't afford, afford to, yeah. to, to stay married. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, wife, my wife would probably, um, if we saved up, she would she would go for this too. But yeah, that's a big price tag. <laughs> uh, I, I I will tell you right now, my wife would be no. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah. Just See, I married. A, no. That's all good. Yeah. Though. But um, speaking of collectibles and stuff, Mike, did you get in your um the porgs you ordered? Uh, I I have the one set. Yeah. And they're I, actually thought. They are the quarter. They are the three and three quarter scale porgs. Yeah, they're for the. We're sure which ones they were. But like mm. I said, when, when you first get them in, you're like, this. They're almost too small for the six inch figs, but they're about right. Yeah, but well, the they, nice- but they almost work with the three and three quarters as well. Well, no, they do work with. It. They're the size for the three and three quarters. No, they're the size for the six inch. See the ones. Uh, okay. Well, according according to according to um to to rebel scum's photo gallery and their list they they are there with this six inch with the six inch um black series not the three and three quarter inch well mm. i did get mine in and so be ready for uh um some photos coming as soon as i get a chance to get everything down and set it up I, I, as i have informed zoe that you were doing this she said <laughs> pre- prepared to get hit for mr kent oh so yeah long way to send that just hope she forgets about all this the first time she meets you guys next year when we get together for our at Galaxy's Edge uh, either next year or 2020 for our Galaxy's Edge uh, extravaganza. Uh, by then she'll be um, joining us in this whole um, loving of roasting porgs. <laughs> I, I seriously doubt it. <laughs> Just tell her not to judge until she tastes them. That's right. <laughs> that And if you've seen the amount of pork on Octu, we're helping the population by eating. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're going to populate that island and they'll end up dying of their own if we don't help them out. Yeah. yeah. So if you go to Rebel Scum and, and look at uh, in their picture gallery, they're li- uh, they're they're listed under the uh, 40th anniversary packaging. Uh, and actually it's the 2015-2018 six inch figure collection red packaging. Um, but the, the list of the figures are under the 40th anniversary packaging. See, and, mine came with regular um, Black Series packaging. The, um, right. But, the what, six- but what they mean by the red packaging is the fact that it's got the red uh, reds red sides on the the box in the red interior oh okay that's the that's the red packaging but since she doesn't listen to the show at the moment she's got a lot more coming for christmas yeah so that it's gonna be entertaining <laughs> it, it really is so but now i mean the, the the collectibles are cool i mean all this is, is really coming along um i think there's some great stuff coming uh there's some new black series in general uh that was just announced over in london at the latest show there um i'm just gonna go through it real quick uh actually what's coming to uh shopdisney.com we got zuckus phasma with a quicksilver baton and a stormtrooper with blast effects uh coming to um to shopdisney.com and reports are if you use the promo code uh ship magic you'll get free shipping for all orders over 75 dollars mm. so i may have, I may have to get... free shipping anyway well yeah i i am serious I'm gonna have to look into getting Zuckus for this because I'm trying to get all the different. I'm trying to get the various sizing of the different bounty hunters. How many Cad Bane's you have? <laughs> None. I'm, I'm trying to get the original trilogy, the Empire Strikes Back bounty hunters for that iconic scene. I still want to know what happened to Cad Bane. Are we gonna see him in Resistance or are we gonna get him somewhere else? I know, right? I I hope we see him in Resistance. 
distance. See how far yeah. he's gone. Him in um, Clone Wars coming back. Yeah. Well, we saw him in. Uh, no, we did not. That's Honda. Never mind. Mm, yeah. I don't yes, know. So, um, I guess quickly, I'm gonna run through this quickly because we haven't done it in a while. Uh, books coming out. Um, this one I'm gonna need to get. Uh, it's based on the Haynes Manual, and it's for the YT-1300 Corellian Freighter, best known as the Falcon, or the best known variant is the Falcon. So it's the Millennium Falcon Owner's Workshop Manual, a modified YT-1300. Uh, and then Leia, Princess of Alderaan, comes out. Uh, that's on the 5th. Leia, Princess of Alderaan, comes out on the 6th, uh, which is a young adult novel. Uh, the new Star Wars Insider is out in, in the book stands if you haven't already gotten it in your mail, which I have, and it's a very cool issue. All about <laughs> Maul. Um, Star Wars number 56 comes out on the 7th, The Escape. Han Solo Imperial Cadet number 1, which is part 1 of 5, I believe, comes out on the 7th. Uh, Star Wars Adventures Destroyer Down, 1 of 3 from IDW, comes out on the 7th. Um, the paperback graphic novel, The Last Jedi, comes out on the 7th, uh, along with Lando Double or Nothing. Uh, on the 13th, you got Star Wars Icons, Han Solo. On the 14th, Darth Vader number 23, Fortress Vader, uh, which is part five of that series, uh, of that story arc. Uh, Dr. Aphra, Worst Among Equals, which is a new story arc starting up. Um, Star Wars Insider 2019 Special Editions coming out. Uh, on the 15th, you got Star Wars Archives episodes uh, four through six. Um, on the 20th, Solo Star Wars Story, Junior Graphic Novel. 21st, you have Star Wars number 57, Solo Solo, a Star Wars story number two, uh, which is part two of seven. Uh, Star Wars Adventures number 16. On the 27th, you have Star Wars The Last Jedi trade paperback novel. Uh, expanded edition on the 28th you have Darth Vader number 24 and on the 28th you have Star Wars Adventures Volumes 4 Smuggler's Blues uh, from IDW the graphic novel mm. so <clears throat> and then to look forward to in December we have the Age of the Republic the new 12 part series of the different time of the different uh, time periods coming out by Marvel oh that's right so yep so it's going to start with Age of the Republic so any final thoughts guys before we we take off i got nothing left <laughs> well i looked up on um, wikipedia the next full-on just regular adult novel for star wars we got to wait all the way until uh april for matt claudia gray has a new uh, master and apprentice coming okay hmm. and then alphabet squadron comes in june from alexander freed which i think he may be a new star wars art author cool well i think that's gonna wrap it up only one thing left to say give the evacuation code signal I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> you must use the information in this R2 unit to help plan the attack. It's our only hope. 